Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This morning we're going to be uh, reading verses 1 through 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And the title to this morning's message is The Unity of Spirit. You may have heard the story about the, a church that wanted to buy a chandelier. And one of their church members who... Uh, seemed to always be in the opposing mood. He stood and said, I'm against it. He said, um, we can't afford it. In the second place, we don't have anyone here who knows how to play it. And the third thing is, what this church really needs is more light. Um, you know, it's, it's easy sometimes to get caught up in opposing everything. Uh, sometimes we... Uh, uh, we find ourselves in that condition. But God makes it clear that unity in church is extremely important. Um, when reading the book of Ephesians, we find that many times there's the mention of the Spirit of God. We find in the first chapter that once we're saved, we are sealed and secured by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And also says further down in this chapter, to grieve not the Holy Spirit. And also the next chapter over, chapter 5, we find we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of things said about the Spirit of God in the book of Ephesians. But today, I want us to see Paul's usage of the Holy Spirit in relation to the unity of the body of Christ. Before we start getting the wrong idea about our church this morning, I want you, everyone to know that uh, I have seen a spirit of cooperation in this church unlike I've seen in many other places that I've been. People are doing things all over the place and helping. I'm here throughout the week and people are coming and going and doing their little jobs and I don't know what all they do, but they all come and go and do their things. They're doing what, what God has placed upon their heart to do, to to, to uh, uh be a servant for the Lord, and, and that's the way it ought to be. Uh, and uh, others have uh, voiced interest in, in participating and helping out, and we want to give everyone who has that desire to do something for the Lord an opportunity to serve the Lord in whatever capacity they, that God has laid upon their heart. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to more involvement uh, of people. I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting more people involved in our services. Maybe you've seen a few of them today so far. I don't know. Uh, we, we, we've made some changes, and, and we'll continue to make some changes. We'll we open up to, to those who have the ability to sing, uh, that to give a special. Uh, uh, Y'all are going to get tired of us hearing uh, me and Tanya all the time. And it was good to have uh, Alana here this morning and to sing. And, and we hope that we'll have more of that. And Brother Anthony won't always be able to be here uh, to play the guitar, but maybe she can find uh, some music and, and, and sing. We'd love to have it. And anybody else that wants to participate, we want you, you to be a part of it. But I also know that Satan will try everything he can to he can do to disrupt the, the spirit of unity in a church. Amen. And I want us to be on guard and be prepared uh, when Satan comes uh, 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 tries to attack us. Uh, let's take a look at our, our passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter four, reading in verses one through six. If you're if you're physically able, I ask you to stand for the reading of the Word of God. <laughs> Uh, Ephesians 4, uh, verse number 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, 
with all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, that there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those you brought together this morning to worship you, dear Lord. I pray, dear Lord, that the, uh, each and every one will help us to, to listen to your word this morning and apply it to our lives as you would see fit. Dear Lord, I just pray that you be with all those that are on our hearts for uh, the prayer requests that have been made in the different uh, services that we've had. I pray, dear Lord, that you would just be with each and every one in that capacity as well. I pray to the Lord you just bless the services today. I pray that everything said and done will bring you honor and glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. First thing I want us to see is the Spirit's role in the unity of the church. God makes it clear that unity in church is extremely important. In, in both uh, all the Gospels, the book of Acts, and even the epistles, you'll find phrases like, they were in one accord, they were of one mind, or of one heart. You find these phrases, and God, God is making it clear to us that His desire for His church is to be in one co- accord, of one mind, of one desire. Uh, today, we have some diversity in our, our congregation. We have some older people, and we have some younger people. We have men, we have women, we have people from different educational levels, we have different people from different economic levels. There's diversity in the body of Christ, and, and thank God we have diversity uh, within that diversity, there is a unity inside the body of Christ that can only be produced by the Spirit of God. Uh, in the Psalm 133, we find a beautiful picture uh, of unity. Uh, uh, the Bible says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And it goes on to describe uh, the pouring of ointment onto the, the head of Aaron, the priest. And uh, it would flow down his head and onto his beard and onto his garment. And it was put out an aroma of a sweet smell. This aroma of sweet smell is a beauty in the church that everyone enjoys when God's people dwell in unity. When, when everyone is working together, there is a, a, a good atmosphere, a good feeling about being together in the Lord's house. In John 17, I want you to notice that Jesus prayed and he prayed for you. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you? Uh, we, we've read a lot of prayers, but Jesus prayed for you. Uh, he said in verse number 20, he says, Neither pray I for these alone, talking about his disciples. He says, But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. So Jesus prayed for you uh, even before you were born. And this is what he prayed uh, 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 for you about. He said, verse 22 and 23, he says, that, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, and thou and me, 
and that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me. Jesus' prayer for us today is that we will be one, that we'll be united, that we'll be together. Here is the reason for the unity in the church today. It's not to keep us from having arguments or disputes among one another. That's not the reason for it. It's not so that we feel good about ourselves. Uh, but, when the, but when the gospel does a work in our hearts, when the Spirit of God convicts us and cleanses us from our sinful desires, uh, when the Spirit of unity comes to the surface, it says something to a lost and dying world that are around us. It says there really is something to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's something to that. If the Holy Spirit can, 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 can unite a group of people who are, uh, well, we've got folks that are country folks and some folks that are city folks. Right. Hey, we're all here together, you know. We, you, we, have, we have diversity. The Holy Spirit can bring young people and young, older people together to worship, together in the body of Christ. He can do anything. He can bring people together from all economic and social backgrounds. And, and he can make it all work together for the furthering of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a powerful testimony to an unbelieving world outside. I mean, you go to any other organization outside of the church and you'll have uh, different categories of people. And, and those categories of people fit well together. But there are some people don't fit in that category. They don't blend in well because they're not part of that group. The church is a place where everyone can fit in and should fit in and should be a part of equally. Uh, on the other hand, when the body of Christ experiences disunity, unforgiveness, gossip, dissension, the unbelieving world looks at that church and says, you want me to believe in that Jesus? Right. You want me to believe in that Jesus? Their Jesus couldn't even help them get along, they might say. Their Jesus uh, could never save me. Their Jesus could never forgive my sins. If their Jesus can't bring them together in unity then I have no use for their Jesus. That's what the lost world is going to say. The unity of God's church is not about ease or comfort. It's about the evangelism of the lost world that's around us. There's more at stake in, in our church today than us getting our own way. There's more at stake than us having pride come to the surface and do damage in the church. There's more at stake. And I hope that we will ever keep that in our minds. The Spirit of God has a role in the unity, and then believers have a role in the unity. Look at verse number 3. The Bible says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. In the bond of peace, of, of, of peace. I want you to notice the source of unity. It's of the Spirit. 
The source of unity is a work of God. It's a, of the sport, spirit. That is its source. That's where unity comes from. It's not legislated. We can't make a rule to, de, to demand that we have unity. We're going to have a business meeting. It'll be my first official business meeting this evening. Uh, how do you think it would go over if somebody stood up and said, I make a motion, we have unity in the church. You can't demand it. You can't legislate it. Uh, if, you think you, if you think you can do that, try that with your marriage. Get back to us on how that works out. Uh, you can't demand it. It's a work of God, and it's, it, it goes deeper than that. Uh, someone said that might work, but it won't. You can't make a rule to have unity. We have unity not because we are intelligent, not because we're just good people, not because we're well organized and we, have, we know how to make plans. We have unity uh, because the Spirit of God has produced unity in the church. He has organized this church and put every person in their place. And he has put them there for a purpose. He's put them there to, to work together, to, to strive together, to, to, to use all of our talents and all the things that God has given us to do so that we could be a force that will be, be an instrument that will reach the lost people that are around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that our church is, is, a, is an act, a, 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 a body that must be active. Sometimes we get the idea that when we come to church on Sunday, we are, we are coming to attend church services. We are coming to church. But I want, you to, I want this church to be a church, not just come to church, but to be a church and to be active in whatever God has given you to do in your life. We all need to find our place. And we all need to understand one another and work together for the cause of Christ. We need to be a church. Unity is his work. It's not it, 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 his doing and not ours. And then it says endeavoring to keep. Here's our part. He's already produced the unity. But it says in verse 3, endeavoring to keep. In other words, we have a part. He's already produced the unity. It's our job to keep it there. It's our job endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. It's not our job to produce it or to manufacture it. It is our job to recognize what God has already done through the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, what is the nature of this unity? Well, we're, we're, we're not talking about unison. In music, unison means that we're all singing the same note at the same time. When you have a choir, they, and they are it's supposed to be singing the same note at the same time, you have unison. Unison is everybody being in the same place and doing the same thing. But unity is more like harmony. Where you have different people who are singing different notes, different parts, but it all works together to produce a beautiful song. Uh, and, and everyone can't be doing the same part. 
everyone's going to have their own ideas and their own ways, and we, but we all must unify, must be unified in our efforts. Uh, unity is a spiritual action. It, it, it's a hard action. And it takes place in yours and my heart. It is a heart unity. There is a unity in the church even though we have different backgrounds. So what are the elements of unity? Well, as we look on down in our scriptures, we find verses 4 through 6, the, a, a lot of usage of the term one. There's one. Look with me if you would. It says there was one body. There's one church here, folks. There's one church. There's not several churches that are meeting together inside this building. There's, there's one church. And that's the way God designed it. That's the way God planned it. That's, that's His work. And we're, and we're to be endeavoring to keep that. One church. One body. Uh, if anyone thinks they can be Christian and not be connected with the church, they're living in rebellion to the commandment of God. It's God's will for you to be a part of one of God's churches. He designed it. He left it here because he, was no, he knew it was for our good. So that we could work together to carry out the Great Commission. He started his church. He, he, he formed it. He put it all together. He organized it. He works through it. And we must be plugged in to a New Testament church somewhere. If we want to be... Uh, part of the kingdom of God, a part of what God's plan is. He also says one spirit. There is diversity on the physical level, but there is unity on the spiritual level because we all have the whole, the same Holy Spirit living within us. Listen, the Holy Spirit that indwells you as a believer is not a different one than I have. The one who, who speaks to your spirit about what you should do and how you should walk and what you should do, it's the same spirit that you and I have. We all share that same spirit. He, he's in all of us the same one. It's one spirit. And, and if, if, if we're not on the same page with something, it's because someone's not listening to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's the same in every one of us. And so uh, we, we have one spirit living within us. The same Holy Spirit that sealed me when I got saved sealed you. He, he, he sealed your, your salvation. The same Holy Spirit that convicts you of your sin convicts me of my sin. Uh, the same Holy Spirit that leads us to obey the scriptures leads you to obey the scriptures. It's the same spirit. There's one. The problem comes... Not because of the Holy Spirit, but because of our rebellion to the Holy Spirit. If we were led, if, if, if we were to yield to the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, obey the Spirit, unity would prevail. It is when we try to do our own thing. Do you ever get upset when you don't get your own way? Be honest now. Sometimes we just pout, don't we? We pout because we don't get our own way. We, uh, we get on to our children 
for pouting. And uh, we may not get on the floor and roll around and throw a temper tantrum like our children might sometimes do, but uh, we, we pout, and guess what? We, we've taught our children well. You know, we don't always get our own way. Um, it's not, it's my way or the highway. It, it, that's, not, that's not the way it is. It's not my will, but thy will be done. That's, that's the will that we should be, uh, be, be searching for. If we are here today and we're going off in a hundred different directions at the same time, there's no unity. We may, we may go in 50 to, uh, or a hundred different directions, but the Spirit of God didn't lead us there. He didn't lead us in all those different directions. It's not, that's not His work. It's one Spirit. And then it says there's one hope. One hope. We have a common future. As we have been saved and baptized and been sealed by the Holy Spirit, we have one hope that one day we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. And we all rest assured we're going to be together up there. You know, I'm amazed at people that when they, they can't get along down here, what are they going to do in eternity? I mean, seriously. Uh, if you can't get along for a few years on this earth, what are you going to do with eternity together? Uh, we have the same hope. We have the same hope. We're all going to heaven. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, and, and we, ha- we have the same hope. We don't have a, a, a different hope that we're going to, you know, uh, I, I'm going to be in a better place than you. No, it's heaven. We have the same hope. One hope. Unity, designed by the Spirit of God. One faith. The faith that saved you was the same faith that saved me. The same faith that saved Paul. The same faith that saved everyone. You, you didn't get a special dose of faith for your salvation. You, 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 it was one faith. We were all the same. In that, in that faith, God gave us that measure of faith that we trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, just like everyone else. It's one faith and one baptism. We have each identified with the Lord through baptism. We have openly and publicly been obedient to the Lord through baptism. The Holy Spirit produces unity. And how unity is reserved, we're endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. We are to endeavor to keep. This is how we maintain it. The Holy Spirit attained it. We maintain it. Uh, There's three things that we can do to maintain unity in our hearts. First of all, we can find verse number one. To walk worthy of the vocation of wherewith you are called. Walk honestly. Walk honestly. Selfishness contradicts the calling of God. Demanding your own way contradicts the calling of God. Thinking you're always right contradicts the calling 
We must walk worthy of the vocation where we are called. Walk honestly. And secondly, we need to walk humbly. It says in verse number two, uh, with all lowliness. Sometimes that's hard for us. We strive to do better. We strive to have more. We strive to excel in every aspect of our lives. But when it comes to humility, we have a hard time with that. We, we're, we're all focused about becoming greater, bigger, and stronger, and greater about everything we do. That we forget the lowliness, the humility, with all lowliness. Humility is consistent with the grace of God. Pride is not consistent with the grace of God. We are not to have an overestimation of ourselves. We sometimes think that we are just so important. Humility. You have a problem with pride? Each and every one of us have a problem from time to time. Every one of us struggle if you're honest. Every one of us have a problem with, with thinking too highly of ourselves. Do you know that pride makes people sick? It, it, it doesn't make you sick, but it makes those around you sick. Uh, I, I mean, it, it does. It, it, it makes people sick. Many times we don't see it in ourselves. If you, if you really want to know if you come across as prideful, ask those that are around you. We're afraid to do that sometimes. Because <laughs> we're afraid what the truth might say. Well... Pride is, is it something, how do we suppress it? Well, first of all, we need to see it in ourselves and, and, and then deal with it before God. We need to understand it's a problem. We need to deal with it in our hearts and our minds and, and make sure that we don't come across as, as being proudful and arrogant. And compare yourselves to Jesus. You know, it's easy for us to compare ourselves to one another and, and we can measure up pretty good. You can compare yourself to me. And, and, and you probably would measure up pretty good. But listen, I'm not the standard. I, I'm not the standard you measure against. Compare yourself to Jesus. How do you, how do you measure up now? How do we measure up in our life at that point when we compare ourselves to, to the Lord? Uh, we can always look around and find someone that, that um, doesn't have all the qualities of a spiritual life that we have acquired during our uh, many years of a Christian. I put it really delicately, but, you know, we, we elevate ourselves because, you know, we, we've been at this a long time, and that other person, they haven't acquired all of these tendencies, and so uh, they're not as... No, sir. No. That's not the way we're supposed to be. That's not the way that God intended. He's the one. He's the designer. He's the provider of unity. It's up to us to get on board and to be, be, along, be on his team. Not for everyone to come on our team, but to get on board with his team. Well, Jesus is the standard, not me and not you. And then he says, walk in meekness. We're to allow God to have full control of our lives. One of the hardest things it is for a child of God to do is to say no to self and say yes to God. Let Him guide you. Let Him 
lead you in your life. We want to be in control of everything. You're going to find out real quick that there's some things you can't control. There's some things that's greater than you that you can't do anything about. And you've just got to let God lead because you don't know what to do. Well, that's the state that really God really wants us to be in all the time. Uh, we, he wants us to look for us, to, to look to Him for every uh, decision that we make throughout the week. Uh, what, what did we do this past week? Is that where God would want me to go? And is that what God would want me to do? What does He want me to do for His kingdom during this week? Are we listening to Him? It, are, are, we, are we allowing Him to lead us meekness, to be, to be obedient, to, to allow Him to, 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 to lead our lives? If God is not in control of your life, then you're in control of your life. How's that working? How's that working? Well, then He says we're to have long-suffering. I like this word. You're not going to like the meaning of it. Sometimes we're, up, we're to put up with people for a long time. <laughs> Sometimes you have to put up with some things, some people. Put up with their stubbornness. Put up with their selfishness. For a long time. For bearing one another in love. Uh, you know... Sometimes it's hard to overlook other people's faults. But think of it this way. They're trying to overlook yours. They're, they're, they're trying to overlook your fault. You say, well, I don't have any faults. Well, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Folks, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. We all have issues. Sometimes... What we say rubs people the wrong way. Understand that. Deal with it when it comes to the surface and you know it. Deal with it. Listen. You don't leave it lay. It'll just fester. It, it, you become bitter and, and, and things will get worse. Deal with it immediately. Endeavoring to keep the spirit of unity. That's what the Bible says. Endeavoring to keep. And, and, and then down the last part of this chapter, we find to put on holiness. Verses 22 through 24. says, He put off concerning the former conversation of old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The Holy Spirit has done what He said He would do. He has produced unity. Are we endeavoring to keep the unity that He has done? Are we willing to be led and filled with the Holy Spirit of God? I'm not saying that, uni that the unity of the Spirit will mean that we're all going to like vanilla ice cream. I know there's going to be some weirdo out there that's going to like chocolate. <laughs> we can't all like the same color paint. 
But on stuff that really matters, biblical issues, uh, we're, those are the things that matter. We better march to the beat of the same drum when the drummer is Jesus. God is not the author of confusion. And where confusion enters, God did not do it. God is about peace and harmony. If you are filled with the Spirit, and I am filled with the Spirit, we will be together. We're getting ready to send a man and his family to Europe, to France, as a missionary. I want you to imagine for just a moment a man working down in a well, digging a well, deep down in the well, and a rope that's going up to the surface where someone is providing materials, providing necessities, helping when time is need, needed. And you're at the bottom of that well, and the rope drops. How would you feel? We are a church who's holding the rope. We're the ones that's holding the rope for them as they're serving the Lord across the way. How do you think it would feel for him to find out that things are not going well over here? You see, the cost is too great for us to play games. Cost is too great for us to not work together for the cause of Christ. In John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8, Jesus again speaking. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That same spirit that comes and brings unity in the church brings conviction in our hearts for sinners. Not only conviction for our sin, but of righteousness to show us the way of salvation. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we have an invitation here in just a few moments. We give you an opportunity to, to make things right with, with, between you and God. That Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts of our sins, He's he, he, he also helping you to understand that Jesus is the payment for that sin. Listen, you don't want to pay for your sins. You don't want to be the one to pay for your sins. The gift of God has been provided by Jesus Christ. And we must believe and accept it. And he'll do it. We're here today and I don't know what the Lord may lay upon your heart. As I said before, I'm real blessed in seeing how everyone works together here. But I just think it's important that we maintain that. That's what the Bible says, endeavoring to keep. Endeavoring to keep. Are we doing that? Are we doing our part? Word of prayer, dear Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity we have to come together this morning.
Dear Lord, I pray that you would just be with us as we work together as a church. We're thankful for the spirit of unity that you have um, that you have designed, that you have supplied, and you have put us in your church to be a part of that unity. And dear Lord, I just pray that we will always endeavor to keep that unity. We'll settle problems between one another and be the Christian that we ought to be to where our church will never be hindered with our testimony to the world around us, to those who were standing behind and holding the rope for in, in Europe. I pray to the Lord that we will be everything that you would have us to be as a church. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.